The content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan, and we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. You know what else matters? What else matters? Getting part two uploaded of our wonderful team who um, was talking, you know, in the first episode about great parts of the job and challenges of the job. And we pick up part two with John Liu discussing the challenges of being a district-wide para and trying to get the whole team to buy in. So enjoy this part two of the interview. And John, what about you? What what is your um, biggest challenge this year? My biggest challenge this year would be seeing a unit that is divided, seeing a unit Mm -hmm. where there's just no unity. And, you know, if the staff are not on one page and if there's no unity there, you can see how it can affect the children. And for me, that's the toughest because, you know, I can sometimes I can see, you know, the majority of the staff working so hard and one just like sitting back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's tough. That that you, one is tough for me. How do you deal with that? What do you do about that? I tried. <laughs> I tried giving an example. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm every day. I'm helping everybody. You know, prepare for the next day. And me modeling everything, showing me as an example. I was hoping it would work, but no, it didn't. Instead, <laughs> instead, the person was like, "Hey, don't forget to spray that part. Don't forget to spray that part." And it came to a point that another staff said, hey, you know, why don't you get up and do something, you know? So oh, yeah, that part's frustrating. It's it, so you know, it is when you think about someone you, trying to figure out the motivation of the adults as well as the children. And, you know, Susan and I see bits and pieces of that when we're in classrooms and, you know, you in that short time, you're looking at it saying, OK, what is it and how do I engage them. You know, I can think of a class I was in not that long ago where there was a staff member with some really nice skills, but there was a lack of teamwork and trying to figure out how to advise the teacher of how to get that staff member more engaged because she could recognize, the teacher could recognize, yeah, those are good skills, but this other piece is tough. And I did have a principal who would purposefully put people on projects together who were having difficulty and it made you work together with someone that you were challenged with but I mean that might not always be the answer but you know trying to find ways of helping each person see the the strengths of each person I don't know but and I can imagine John that would be really hard for you because you are a people person you are a let's get in here together we're all in it for the kids and why would you sit back and not jump right in? Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I know I, I spend a significant amount of time talking to the adults about reinforcing the adults, right? Catch them being good. If you see them doing something that you want them to do, catch them being good. Consider those favorite Sonic drinks, you know, trying to reinforce their own behavior. But um, that that's, yeah, that's that's tough. Now, Sissy, do you was, have any questions? Sure, sure. I was thinking about Kelly talking about home training. And I think of a couple of things that come to mind. One of them is whatever the behavior is at home, it's probably 
been a routine and a pattern for much longer than it was in any classroom because this student tends to change. And so, you know, we don't want families to get frustrated when change doesn't come quickly because you're dealing with something that has history to it, you know. So I always often think about how challenging it is. But I will say on the flip side of that is I have learned amazing things from families, you know, watching a parent interact with a student and go, I never thought about trying it that way. (laughs) Give me my notepad. Let me write that down. Because they've had to come up with solutions on the fly, on their own. That's so um, true. And you know, Sissy, even when you say that, it's the same thing for the classrooms. We, If they call and say, okay, we need this behavior fixed. Mm -hmm. It's almost the same thing as going into a home where it's like, okay, we can't come in and just fix it. We can give you some strategies and again, some tools, but it takes time. And you always try to go back to the whole change in our own behavior, how hard Mm -hmm. it is for adults to change their behavior. And you're going to change a child's behavior. Yeah. So it's it's so interesting to watch, whether it's in the home or in the classroom, you know, just trying to build that capacity so people can just just keep going and, but don't give up. Just don't give up. Oh, I, I often use that analogy of, you know, trying to eat, healthy foods. And I know definitely on a cognitive level, it's going to make me feel better. It's going to have me live longer. It's going to require less money on the medical interventions down the road. And yet, (laughs) you know, I have a junk food day or two or three. And, you know, so if I can change my own behavior, when I know for sure that it's good for me, then can I not have a little grace with a a student or even an adult who is who is trying to change something that maybe they don't understand even why we want them to change it? You know, yeah, I think that's a big part of it, Sissy, is the why piece, you know. If people don't understand why we use positive reinforcement or why we use visual schedules or why we have structure or why we need predictability, then they don't know that it's necessary. You know what I mean? So we always have to go back to that research on what we know about how people on the spectrum think and learn. And even then, sometimes they still don't quite get why it's so important. But Yeah. And Ellie, do you have, I always ask this question at some point or other, a funny story to share with us, something that a student has done, then it just was so much fun. <laughs> I'll give you an So, yes, but um, the funniest thing, I guess, would be just putting things where it doesn't belong and you just have to laugh, you know, C- certain items in your classroom and they're just going to go elsewhere on their body because it's time to give it up, but it huh? is a reinforcer. Um, however, you don't want to give it up and you can't tell the adult how, you know, uh, to give it up. But it's my turn. We try to take it away and it'll go other places on your body. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> once that reinforcer goes somewhere else, then we might have to sanitize it an extra few times. Um, getting the staff to understand that piece, too, that it's not a behavior in the sense of, you know, a negative. You know, we just got to roll with the punches and we take that and we... Um, Reteach. <laughs> and you think about how smart that is. How smart is that to be like, I'm gonna put this somewhere that you won't be able to get it easily, or you're gonna it's gonna require quite a bit of effort on your part to make it usable again, you know. Did it huh. where the sun well, don't shine, know that. right? <laughs> what did you say, Ellie? I'm sorry. We we say, well, at least we know that's a true gold reinforcer. 
It's the highest yes. level yes. of perfection yes. at the moment because um, they truly don't want to give it up. But um, yeah, and y'all talk in y'all talk in your district about silver reinforcers and gold reinforcers, mm-hmm. and that's a good story. That's actually well, okay. So to explain to me silver reinforcer. I mean, I think I know, but go ahead because I think there are people who might be like, I love this idea. Yeah, of silver reinforcers and gold reinforcers. I agree. So um, after we give a preference assessment or perform our preference assessments, we take our information and if it's a true reinforcer, it's going to change behavior. So if it doesn't change behavior, then it's just a preferred item. But if it's changing behaviors, then we reserve that for the most. So gold would be our most highly preferred item. And that truly does change our behaviors. We don't give it as often, earn those reinforcers. And if it's a silver and bronze, I mean, we go down the line, right? So sometimes that stays a gold reinforcer, that item or activity. And we just have to reserve it for our best targeted behaviors. Yeah, your so, right, your big time priority behavior, right? Yes, like so yeah. our expected behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe going to the bathroom or having, you know, not engaging in headbanging or, you know, whatever. But those are for the real high priority behaviors. I love that. And I think other districts... Other people from other districts, when they hear that, they're going to probably take that idea and run. Well, and think about, you know, that increases the chance that adults are going to talk about reinforcers, right? Because mm-hmm. they have a bronze reinforcer that suddenly become a gold. They're going to say, hey, guys, this is a gold reinforcer. And mm-hmm. I love that. I, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to incorporate that into discussions, because if we're talking mm-hmm. about reinforcers, then we're talking about things that are going to change behavior. And that's what everything is about. <laughs> and the thing with uh, the reinforcers is that you get to know the child too. Yeah, absolutely. And like you figured out, you know, the magic tricks or the drawing or just like, what can I pull from, you know, uh, luckily you can draw beautifully. Drawing would not be probably one they'd be like, I don't want to do that lady, whatever it is you're doing over there. I don't want to do that. And sometimes just asking the student. So you don't have to do something so formal. It could be informal. The other day, well, it's it's been a few weeks, but we've had a student that had very um, challenging behaviors. And we thought about, why don't we just ask him? It was an informal activity. There was a few kids at the table. And I said, you know what? Y'all need to just come to the board. And I want you to pick a color, a dry erase marker. I want you to pick another color. And so I assigned three students to work with the student. And it was the challenging student, right? And so he's he's one of my favorites because that's what I'm drawn to as most uh, one of our challenging. Like I got to figure him out, but yeah, you know, yeah. going to teach me some things as well Same. in the moment. And so that incidental teach piece was, you know, let's informally get with him. Strategically, you know, you, we pair our students up with student other students that are going to make a difference as well. So yeah. can this moment happen just in five minutes? It can. Totally. You know, totally. And, and I, I, you know, that's, so, I love that you said that, Ellie, because sometimes, you know, we'll be talking about a kid, nobody can identify, nobody so he doesn't have any reinforcers, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes I'll just like, just say, hey, John or Ellie or Kelly or Sissy, what do you want to work for? You know, and just like, they'll probably tell you if they have verbal skills and if they don't, they'll show you, you know, it's like, it doesn't have to be, you know, so formal, like a formal reinforcer assessment sometimes, or sometimes I'll just, if it's a kid who has low verbal skills, I'll say, what do you want? I want, and then, you know, see if they'll tell me or show me or whatever. So yeah, 
good. I love that. And in that instance, he's, he stutters a lot. And he also, he's just has so much going on with his body. He can't self-regulate. So he gets super, super mad. And so other students don't want to work with him sometimes. And so in that moment, we took a few seconds to just come to the board real quick. After you, you're assigned your color, whatever color you want to pick or whatever, then let's just talk about it. Like, I like a lot of things. I'm not sure what I want to pick right now because I'm super excited. And that's how I led the group because I want to remove myself as well, but I want to monitor. And so after they wrote down a couple of things, we know what, you know, student one likes and we know what student two likes, but our student three with struggling behavior, we got to just see what he likes on the board. And we took a snapshot of it and we're like, this is what we need to embed in his day. He doesn't tell us. He gets super mad. He goes from green level to red. There is no in between for self-regulation. So yeah, um, he's one of my favorites. And so we all, we have a lot of favorites in our district, but (laughs) he's one of my favorites because I'm still learning from him. Yes. So he's teaching me about his world. I love it. I love that Ellie. That's so cool. That's great. We don't want to take too much of your time, but um, if you have anything else you'd like to add, Love to hear it. And I just want to thank all of you so much for taking the time on a Sunday afternoon to meet with Sissy and I and to talk about your kids and your teachers and your district and your team. And um, I know a lot of people are going to listen and and really look forward to part two because it's going to be a two part. So if you have anything else to say, we would love to hear it. Otherwise, we just say thank you so much. And I would like to share something. (laughs) Great. Uh, uh, it's It's a touching moment. When I was out on the field, I went to visit one of my uh, kiddos, and I've had this kiddo since he was kinder, but now he's a teenager. He's taller than me now, and I came to that campus for a different student, but I sat next to him, and then out of nowhere, he stops working, and he turns around at me. He goes, I really miss you. Oh. And I was like, whoa, you know, that that hit me. That oh, hit I just me. got goosebumps. Oh. That came out of nowhere. That hit me. And I was like, wow, I, I had to give him a hug, you know? Oh, oh my goodness. It's, Absolutely. I literally like, have goosebumps. <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. He had a flashback of everything we did when he was when he was in kinder, when he was in elementary mm-hmm. school, because I had him all those years. And then I, I lost touch with him, you know, after elementary school. But out on the field, I got to see him again. And just for yeah. him, it's like he had a flashback of us being together. And, oh, that touched me. That made my day. He remembers yeah. you. Mm-hmm. He remembers you. Our kids do remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know yesterday, you know, on our interview with the family, I asked Brian, do you remember me? And he said yes. And I don't know if maybe mom was coaching him, but it made sure made me feel good because I haven't worked with him in years. And I started working with him when he was four through his educational career. So I could tell by the smile on his face, he remembered you. Oh, so. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Oh, I also want to say though, too, I really appreciate you having us on. And yeah, that I just because we, I, I know that I can't do this without my team. And because these people are so talented and just, you know, I know John has all of his, he's worked in the district a long time. He knows people and he knows kids. And then Ellie over there, like it is, it just couldn't be done without this. And I also want them to see this like when we go in classrooms, because you've got to have a really good, strong team. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. uh, it is just, it makes everything so much better when you have a good team. And 
It is amazing. And yeah. and it's fun. It's fun when we are together, when we do have a chance to be together and tag team a campus. You know, the team doesn't go there and just like point fingers. You did that wrong. You need to do oh, this. No. You need to do that. We don't do that at all. Not we come all. in there. We're like, whoa, what's up, everybody? Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, you're doing this. That is awesome. Oh, y'all are you know? cheerleaders. I've been with yeah. y'all. Y'all are absolute cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah. And um, hopefully some of your teachers and, and staff will listen to the podcast cast and agree yeah, we're there for them for sure Absolutely. I have one thing to chime in one of our sure. research success it involved a multi-purpose team like we were so collaborative our OT went out with us our the whole the two able teams that work well with the students we all came together to you know make his plan more concise and it was all about the student and it was so, you can see that. You can see yeah. from the moment we walked in, we were just like, this is so amazing to collaborate in person. Because, you know, you email and you ask and it's like the way of the world. We can Zoom, but at the same time, we're in the district. Mm-hmm. Let's meet at the campus. Let's mm-hmm. look at our student. And Kelly made that happen for us. Mm-hmm. It was just so amazing. And it didn't take much time. Like We were all there. We were there for a purpose. And we had that same goal. It was just so amazing. Like everybody was excited when we left. It was like, oh my gosh, we have to add 20,000 things to our list. It was, <laughs> you know, what can we do in a quick second? You know, and it just came, everybody's tools, you know, their their strong points came out and they're all experts in their fields. And so Absolutely. it was just so amazing. We love that. So thank don't you, so you wish, don't you wish that it could always be that way? You know, <laughs> where all key stakeholders are involved, you know, but Unfortunately, that's not the nature of public schools these days. So, um, not the nature of intervention much either, but you know, we can't, we usually can't have the whole team. Even if you were in a clinic, you probably wouldn't have the speech therapist and the occupational therapist at the same time as other people. But still, that idea, I love what you guys have all said the idea of you're going in the classroom hands-on help is what you're there for. Yes, I want to know what you've tried before. Yes, I want to look at all the things that you have. But it is another set of eyes, a fresh look at it. And it could just be a minor change to what you've been doing. But, you know, that's that's what a team is for. Mm. What a great district. What a great crew. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all so much. I really did enjoy those three. They are so dedicated to the students they work with. I appreciate the information they shared, the the tips and hints that they shared. Do you have a question for us, Susan? I I do. But before I go into the question, I just want to tell you that I was out in that district yesterday and they have a a young man who is in middle school and he's probably about 6'4 and probably weighs over 300 pounds. He's a big boy. Yeah. And they he came from a different district and evidently the other district was kind of scared of him and kind of let him sleep all day and things like that. And it was so refreshing to be in a classroom with a teacher and paras just who just love him, just absolutely love him. You know, and he doesn't have any need to have any aggression because he knows he's loved. And he's one of those because he's just a gentle giant, you know, but his, his size is intimidating for middle school. But they taught him just he, that was his second day yesterday. And they already taught him to use a Big Mac voice output device to request bathroom and nap. So, you know, <laughs> communication, communication will help with behavior every time. Yeah, and they've got him doing some put in tasks. So anyway, yes, I do have a question. Kelly talked about doing in-home training with families and she was talking about how. 
she tells the parents and teachers that, you know, she and Ellie and John can't fix the behavior that it takes time, you know, for adults to change behavior for kids and for ourselves. It takes time to change the behavior. So the question is, what does the research tell us about how long it takes for adults to change their behavior to form a habit? Is it A, 21 days, B, 30 days, C, 66 days, or D, it depends on the source. (laughs) It depends on the source. You know, I'm glad that was one of the uh, answers because I definitely have seen 21 days to form a new habit. Mm -hmm. And I've also seen 30 days. I guess I'm not familiar with the 66 day. I just found an article about it right before we spoke that says 66 days. So, you know, I think uh, all of those are probably true for some of us, but the bottom line to see, and we've talked about this a lot is it depends on how long the behavior has been in their repertoire, you know, and, you know, for the young man who I just spoke about, he's probably 12, maybe 13, you know, he's been doing some behaviors for a pretty long time since probably he was three. So 10 years, it's going to take some time to change that behavior versus if he were three years old, right? And exactly. have behaviors in the repertoire. So, um, well, and you think about anything. I, okay. So I had a friend very, these, I watch organized people because that's not my gift. <laughs> I will be as organized as I have to be to get something done, but it's not my gift. And I will watch organized people and see what they do. And I had a friend once who said, You only handle something one time, put it where it belongs the first time you handle it. And that saves a lot of time. And I don't have that as a habit. And I definitely have tried to do it for 30 days. Uh (laughs) But I've had a few years of not doing it that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, it makes it a little difficult for me to change my behavior. Well, I also have some habits in my repertoire that have been in my repertoire for decades. And, you know, I have tried to change them with limited success. So I decided to put some of the behaviors on a DRL where I reinforce less (laughs) of maybe those habits that are so good for me. But anyway, you guys, next week, I think we'll have a a story that Sissy and I are going to tell about a little guy that we're working with right now. And then after that, will be the Nashville interviews. And I'm so excited to get those up and out because they are fascinating and wonderful. And so have a good weekend, everybody. And we will talk with you next week. Bye. Bye.